this episode was brought to you by our Patreon supporters. Special thanks to new patrons Nick Wolfstumpf and Chad Stice, and longtime supporters like Amy Swan and Greg and Pearl Morgan. Stick around for an extended shout-out at the end. Now on to the episode. Welcome to another episode of Father and Son Watch Horror Movies. I am your co-host, the father, a.k.a. Pastor Matt, and I am joined as always by my trusty sidekick, Jackson the Sun, and let me just say right away, uh, I went into this movie thinking it would be like Poltergeist, and uh, boy, was I wrong. (laughs) (laughs) We are a spoiler podcast. We do spoil the movies we cover, and today, whoo boy, we are discussing one of Martin Scorsese's favorite horror films uh, on its 40th anniversary. We are talking about 1982's The Entity. Now, to do this right, we have, spoiler alert, two super fans of this flick and two who have just seen it for the first time. So, first of all, we sent up the bat signal to the OG of horror movie podcasting, the host of Land of the Creeps, and the co-host with a lot of monsters on the mantle from Jay of the Dead's new horror movies, the guy with the coolest name in horror movie podcasting, Mr. Greg Amortis. Welcome, buddy. Let's get ready to rumble! <laughs> it's Greg Amortis here, man. I'm psyched, dude. I cannot believe, cannot believe we're going to be talking this movie. Thank you for the invite, Matt Jackson. Love you guys. To oh, yeah. so the imp and 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 our special guest coming on too. I cannot wait to talk with him. Been twittering and love this dude. So I'm super excited, Matt. Yeah, I don't. I will not say whether I'm the massive other fan of this or not. You'll have to listen. See, <laughs> am see. I am I the the other? <laughs> the one of the well, if they listen to our episode 100, they know. <laughs> they know the answer to that question, buddy. Cats in the cradle and shit. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Well, here in Southern Ohio, we have a beloved little hamburger joint called Hickey's. And Jackson has been eating there since he was five. And if you're a newbie to Hickey's, the owner operator, Miss Shug herself, shouts to everybody. We have a virgin. Uh-oh. Well, he's not a podcasting virgin, and he's certainly not someone. He's not a uh, virgin of the horror community, but he is this podcast. Please welcome, for the first time, long overdue horror fan Ryan. Thank you, guys. I, I greatly appreciate it. And, Jackson, what you said about this movie should be on the cover of this uh, of the movie. Yeah. And so, Ryan... For those, the few of those who aren't familiar with you from Twitter or from headlong into monsters, um, you know, you and I live in the same hometown. We've met a couple times and awesome dude. Can you tell people just real quick, what is your favorite horror movie of all time? Jaws. Yeah. Easily Jaws. Now, Greg and Mortis, I will say Halloween is is number two. Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But Jaws we're, we're is number good. one for me because it still creeps me out. That's one yeah. of the few movies that still still does it. Well, only, you know, I don't know about you, Ryan. I do know about Jackson, unfortunately. Greg and I don't go in the water. No. no <laughs> right? No. Nope. Uh-uh. Nope. We learned our lesson. Yes. Jackson still does for some reason. Ryan, do you go in the water? Absolutely, but only waist deep. <laughs> oh, that's half too much. <laughs> well, see, the deep ocean is what scares me. Like I've been out on a boat before where I can't see land, and that was that was true fear. Um, so I'm with you, yeah. yeah. But if I'll go in waist deep, but that's about it. Nope, nope, nope. 
But nope. Jackson, you still do, don't you? Why? Yeah. Why? Uh, well, I mean, it's like anything that's worth doing is a little risky, right? Like, where's the fun True. in uh, where's the fun in taking a stroll when you can be mountain biking? You know. When you say that without a leg, let me let me you know, say it the same way. I'll uh, hobble my way over to the microphone every week and for the podcast same way. And you'll never go in the ocean again. All right, so let's look at what the IMDb you know says about the entity. The plot synopsis reads: A woman is tormented and sexually molested by an invisible demon. Greg, when did you first see the entity? Probably around 1984-ish, I would imagine. Probably 83, 84, very young age. Way too young to watch this movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I should have not seen this until I was of age of 30. But no, <laughs> very young age. I can't remember exactly when. Probably 80. I would probably 82 to 84. Yeah, we should tell people there is nudity in this movie. Some of it is prosthetics. We'll get to that. But yeah, there is nudity. So, Ryan, this was a first-time watch, wasn't it? Absolutely. Just watched it about three hours ago. Wow. Jelly. All right. Overall impression. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah. All right. Jackson, was it a first time watch for you as well? Yes, it was. The first time I had even heard of it was on our episode 100 uh, with Greg Amortis. We were talking about our, our top 10 horror movies, and I had never even heard of this one. But I think you, everyone who had seen it agreed pretty much unanimously that it was worth my time uh, so I was going to watch it regardless and then I found out I was doing this this episode on it um, and uh, yeah I didn't know what to expect I mean from all the marketing it kind of looks like it would be a poltergeist type thing or even like with a title like The Entity it, maybe I'm thinking like it might be like a like an Italian horror movie but it was not like anything I was expecting it was basically a character study it was like a drama that just had this uh, paranormal aspect to it so it was really interesting uh, but very disturbing, like deeply disturbing in a way that not of a lot, not a lot of movies from 1982 like can be. You know, just because of the subject matter and the way that it's handled, it has this like gravity to it that not a lot of other movies that came out around the same time do. I agree. I saw this only about five or six years ago after reading uh, Scorsese's comments that this is one of his, you know, top, really top five, you know, favorite horror movies of all time. And so I watched it, immediately placed it on my top 10 list of, of 1982 over on IMDb and one of the greatest horror movies of the 80s. So let's talk about the plot. Um, beyond the bland IMDb setting, Barbara Hershey, and yes, I will say this because I know how Greg feels about her, the great Barbara Hershey. Um, <laughs> I know, I know, and I'm with you, buddy, plays Carla Moran, a single mother of three. Mm -hmm. who was suddenly, and it's pretty sudden, isn't it, guys, attacked by a spirit physically and sexually, um, both alone and in front of others, including her children and then her boyfriend. And she consults um, psychiatrists, one played by the late, great Ron Silver, and then parapsychologists who she runs into at a bookstore who seek to solve the mystery of what is going on. And it culminates in an attempt to trap the spirit. And man, oh man, it is, this is not a haunted house movie because the spirit is not limited to, to the rental house that Carla and her family live in. It attacks her in her car and in the Institute. And, and it's also, by the way, allegedly based on a true story. So Jackson, 
you're the aspiring filmmaker here. What do you think of Frank, you know, Day Felatella's screenplay based on his novel? Well, I think it's a really fascinating screenplay. Uh, I think that anybody involved with this project will tell you that it's very loosely based uh, yeah. on the true events. I mean, there was no uh, nitro liquid nitrogen gun uh, with a giant iceberg with, an, with a ghost in it. Well, in that real just life. ruined the movie. For yeah, it. believe it or not. I'm sorry, yeah. Ross. <laughs> uh, but but you know what this this woman experienced. Uh, you know what people not be believing her. Um, you know this is real. It was very real, and um, it, it it is really compelling. I mean, one of my favorite things about the script is that there's no real like heroes and villains. It's very realistic in that way. There's no like abject right or wrong. I mean, Dr. Snyderman uh, like truly believes that he, what he's doing is best for Carla and so do the parapsychologists. I mean, like everybody's trying to help her just in their own way. Um, and I, and it's, it's also interesting to me how she, uh, tells people, you know, what's going, how much she tells them about what's going on. I mean, with her boyfriend, she basically, Basically, just makes it sound like she's been having night terrors, right? But with other right. people, she's she feels comfortable to be as frank as possible. It's just really interesting to see these character dynamics. It's it's really uh really really well written, very layered. I think that, and maybe um maybe you'll disagree with me on this. I think it kind of falls apart a little in the third act, especially oh. the ending. But there's only there's really only so much you can do when trying to pass a movie off as based on true events. You can't have a big climactic thing that goes further than this movie does and it tries it really does try to get silly but i think if they went any further it would have been pretty much impossible to say that this is based on true events but still a really interesting movie uh, a great watch and really impressive that they decided to make this into a feature film in 1982 like there's nothing else like this from the time greg what about you buddy respond yeah, I got. I mean, I, I got to agree a little bit with what Jackson's saying, a lot with what he's saying with the script. I I enjoyed the third act. Now I will say the, and we'll save it probably toward the end of the episode. But you know, the the snow machine thing, I will say, is a little hokey. Uh, but overall, I think the story is paced really well. Uh, it's one of those instant movies where it's not a lot of fluffer. Like it gets right to the point, and it never lets up. Like you're, it's like the gas is got a stick on it and you're going off a hill uh and i love that it's really paced royal i love the acting i thought the acting is superb in this film uh was of course ron silver given what you give you know mr snyderman uh he's almost if you could call a villain would have been a villain without being a villain in this movie because of the way that he comes at her but if you flip the side he's trying to help her and he's trying to understand right. clearly he doesn't understand a paranormal type entity so he's coming at it in a logical sense so he's not a villain but if there would have been this movie i would have felt like he would have been your villain but uh I, I just thought it was just really paced man and i'm telling you so much of of barbara hershey is this movie like her acting is bar none such oscar worthy she should have literally got an oscar for this like you could feel the emotion you could see the emotion like she completely I don't know. I've never heard of her in an interview of this. I need to get the uh, Screen Factory release of this. I only have the bare bone Anchor Bay, but uh, but I would really love to hear her take of how she got into this role because she really engulfed herself in this for the way that she pulled her character out. Uh, I just I love it, man. Every second of this movie has me 
and I've seen it hundreds of times, guys. Like I, I literally have seen this movie hundreds of times and it still scares me today. It still creeps me out, dude. I don't know. It's just one of those movies and I'll pass it to whoever else, but man, it just blows me away every time I read it. I always get something new out of it, man. And I don't know how I do that. Yeah. Now I'm with you, Ryan. What do you think, buddy? About what the plot, the screenplay, the story, all the story beats. What do you think? I well, I I pretty much agree with all of you and disagree a little bit. It's funny that this and Poltergeist basically was kind of made and came out roughly the same time, <laughs> and right. I can see some 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 things pretty similar in both both movies. Um, that doesn't take away from from either one. They both did it well. Um, I can obviously see why one got a PG thirteen and one was rated R. Um, yeah, yeah, because they're vastly different in that. But yeah, it was great. I thought her son uh, Billy, I thought he was great. He was one of my favorite characters in the whole film because um, you could see how much he cared about his family. But he was also at that age where he kind of wanted to get away and do his own thing. But to be tormented to watch his mom go through something like that. I thought, I thought he was great. And, um, going back to the doctor, um, I didn't know how to take him at first. He kind of came at her a little creepy, you know, at first I thought with a lot of the sex questions, but I, you're I've right. seen a lot of people raise that Ryan. You're right. I, I've seen a lot of people raise that, but in his position, I'm not sure what else you could, do am i am i right. way off of that no probably not and greg is right by the end of the movie you realize how much he's actually just trying to help this woman and actually cares about her but i don't know i, I know the 80s was a different time and um you know things were maybe expressed a little bit differently and you know you're talking about early 80s when paranormal stuff whether you believe in it or not was a crackpot back then. So, right, right. you know, um, he's trying to figure out this thing in a logical way, but it was just, um, I think they did a good job of you not knowing exactly where this doctor was coming from. Yeah. Greg, you want to jump in there? Go for it, bud. No, that's exactly, I agree with what you're saying. I mean, I like that you brought the, uh, comparison, not necessarily comparison, but brought poltergeist up because clearly, this movie would have been put in the same bunch as that with the mm -hmm. side of things. Um, and both two totally different films, in my opinion, and Poltergeist mm -hmm. is nominal classic, like nothing can touch that in my opinion, but this one is just, you know, above it for me. Um, I, I agree, man, that Ron Silver, or let me call him Snyderman, the Snyderman uh, character is one of those that is most intriguing out of the whole group because of the way that you see him coming at her. And there's even the scene where he becomes almost forceful with her, like almost like vindictive toward her. And then it makes her draw back. And then that's when the parapsychologists come in. Uh, I like the angle of it. Um, I just, I love it, man. I just, this movie, <laughs> I can't talk about it enough. Like, I, I'm with I, you, man. And it's, but yeah. we have, I mean, talking about Dr. Snyderman. Mm-hmm. We, as the audience, we have the God view, right? Yes. We get to see all of it. Yes. We see what she's been through and all this other kind of stuff. He hasn't. And right. so you do have to kind of put him yourself in his shoes. Like, if you haven't mm -hmm. seen all that, 
what are you going to think? Yeah. Right. I mean, there's no way you're just going to take that on on blind faith, right? You can't be a psychiatrist and every person who comes in and says, oh, I got sexually assaulted by a demon. Oh, okay. No, you're not. (laughs) You know, you're you're right. (laughs) You're not going to go with that. We know what she's going through. Um, We see it. And it's it's pretty brutal. And I want to go and uh, Ryan to you first, because we talked about that this week. Uh, Ryan and I had coffee this week and you and I both agreed like the one thing that just like I don't want to see in any movie, period, is sexual assault. I I don't want to see it. I don't want to. I hate I spit Mm. upon your grave, all kind of stuff. I don't think this movie handled it in an exploitive way way do you agree or disagree oh i I agree the very first thing that i wrote down after that first assault scene was and this is going to sound bad so let me explain the rape scenes are done so well in this movie because Mm -hmm. they're quick they're terrifying you don't see anything other than her but then than her acting it out you largely see her face just in yes Yeah, that's all you basically see, and it's still terrifying. It doesn't drag on forever. It's not – I mean, it's brutal. It's definitely brutal, but I never felt disgusted when I was watching these scenes like I do. You don't feel like they're trying to titillate people with this at all. I'm not questioning the director. You know, like some of these movies, you get these rape scenes, and you're like, are you trying to live something out here? Or are you – you know, there's something disturbing with this – you know, and um, this was done in the best possible way. And they were brutal, terrifying, but not um, they didn't make me want to turn the TV off. Right. Yeah. I mean, the first scene we see with the assault is her getting smacked and bleeding from the oh. mouth. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. oh so acting, you're like, oh, I would love to know how many takes right. those scenes took because. Yeah. She is throwing herself around. It is. Uh, Greg's right. How she didn't win an Oscar for this is, you know, is just crazy. I, her, her, her performance was top notch. I agree. Greg, are you with me on like, I, I feel like I spit upon your grave in movies like that. They go too far. Whereas, whereas movies like Revenge from a few years ago and this movie – they don't. Am I am I off base there? No, you're not off base. And and I will be one of those that will admit I've seen I Spit on Your Grave and I've watched it numerous times. It doesn't affect me as much as others, but I look at it from a film perspective. Should mm-hmm. it have been the way that they focused? No, I think they handled it. Uh, I think Wes brought it in an angle. How do I say or not with. I, I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, because there was the same thing in Last House on the Left. Last House on yep. the Left. It's just one of those movies that you got to go into it to sensitize yourself and not look at it from the. I look at it from the revenge side of things. Okay, here's the rape, and and as horrible as it is, let's forget about it. But I want to see what happens afterward. I want to see her get her revenge, and she does ultimately get that revenge aspect. Yeah, I I, I agree with you on Last House on the Left where. Where I am on I Spit on Your Grave, the original, and I haven't seen the remake, is that that goes on for like 20 minutes. And it's like it's uncomfortable. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. it's too much. It's just like I mean, and you just feel like almost like if you've ever seen the movie Little Miss Sunshine, where they show like pedophiles in this. It's like 
I don't, I don't like this. I don't, yeah. you know, these people are perverts. I don't, who are you appealing to? And so, you know, that's what I can't stand. And, but here I thought they handled it. Well, I don't feel like Barbara Hershey was exploited. Like there is a yeah. scene where you see her completely naked and being touched and grow, but actually that was a prosthetic and that wasn't her and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and, you know, but when I look at it, I'm just like, oh, this is I don't think that the filmmaker is trying to do anything titillating here. I think he's just this is this is disturbing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's that you're you're seeking the vengeance, right? You're seeing the justice of the victim. So that's what you go into those movies looking like. Now, I will agree. I spit on your grave goes way too beyond that spot. Yeah. But this one does. Like, I feel like the director, I never feel sexually aroused. I never no. like this mm -hmm. Like, you're like, woohoo! You know, you don't get that feeling. This feeling makes you feel creepy. And I'll well, talk about it later. But, I mean, this movie literally caused me emotional scars to point yes. out. I didn't take yeah. shower for, like, two years because I was oh, yeah, a shower curtain and thing. It's dreadful. It's, yeah, It's disturbing. Yeah. Um, Jackson, I don't think you've seen us spit on your grave. I hope you haven't. Um, <laughs> what did you think of it? What did you think? Well, it's, it's, it's a difficult thing to talk about. I watched, I actually have the Scream Factory Blu-ray, and I watched the, the behind the scenes, which, by the way, the bonus, bonus features are fantastic. There's an interview mm -hmm. with Barbara Hershey, which is like an extended interview. It's not just like a, like a fluff piece. Uh, and an interview with David uh, Lebiosa, which who played her son, Billy, right. um, which are fantastic, by the way. That helped me a lot in like appreciating the movie. But, um, you know, Barbara Hershey and the director made a pact basically that with these these scenes they would to their you know best ability do them in one take now she would mess up sometimes or something would go wrong sometimes and then they'd have to do it again but with the majority of these scenes she did in one take um all the nudity is, is a not even her it's a plaster cast of a model's body right, so it's right. not even her so it, it you know it is uncomfortable um but her she was actually you know a tr like she wanted to do this movie because she didn't even see it as a horror movie or an, an exploitation movie. She saw it as a character piece, like a drama. And uh, she was attracted to the idea that this character can grow strong just through belief. You know what I mean? Just by the mm -hmm. simple fact that people believe in her um, and give power to her story, she now has the, the power to fight back against whatever it is you know what i mean because uh barbara hershey even herself doesn't say if she believes a true story what she mm -hmm. says is the the power of belief gave her the ability to fight back whatever it is whether it be supernatural or just a manifestation of her trauma um so that's 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 really cool i think um and i think that that's communicated well uh, it's super disturbing, obviously. I mean, that scene with Jerry where, uh, you know, he uh, walks in on that is so disturbing. Oh, yeah. But then that, of course, that that raises, like, a couple of questions. Like, if why doesn't Snyderman, you know, listen to Jerry? Jerry's like, I saw a man on top of her. And Snyderman's like, no, nah, you're crazy, too. It's like, okay, well, now if there are three well, people. Well, but I, really, I have met people like that, so. Yeah, that but I that's the only part that crossed the line for me. Like Snyderman as a man of science should be like, okay, well now this is an interesting element that we've added into it. This a totally objective person 
being thrown into here and saying that he saw another per- like an, another entity in there. But um, it's still a great scene. I love that scene. Well, and the doctor didn't believe. I mean, her son got his arm broke. And it's yeah. like, and the doctor's still like, nah, that didn't happen. You know, it's yeah. it like, what? Horrible bruises all oh, over. Those, those bruises, whoever did the makeup on it was beautiful. I mean, those yeah, were. Yeah, it, it was. It was disturbing, but they, yeah. they nailed it. And it was, yeah, I mean, but at the same time, okay, you know, I'm 50 years old. I've been around the block. My dad's a pastor. He's been ministering since 1958. So he's been around the block. Um, I've seen some weird stuff, guys. I've seen some really weird crap. And one of them was uh, Jay of the Dead and I have talked about this. I don't know if I've talked about this on another podcast. Jackson, you stop me if I have. Um when I was a little kid, and I was born in 72, like Greg, and so this was probably 77 or so, and we had a family in, in the church where my dad, you know, founded, and and they had a teenage daughter. She was 16, 17, um, and, you know, she was fooling around with Ouija boards and all kinds of stuff, and um, my dad... I overheard my dad telling my mom that he went over to visit the family one day to see how they were doing. And she was slithering around the garage like a snake. Mm. Yeah. Um, then later they dig into a room, they find all this other, all this occult stuff, all this kind of stuff. <clears throat> and then they dragged her into the church. They kept saying she needed an exorcism. My dad is much more grounded. My dad's like, no, she needs to go to a psychiatrist. And he had a Catholic friend of his who was a psychiatrist in town, Dr. Villarreal. And he sent her there. Um, she went there for like six months. It did, The treatment didn't do anything. One day I was with my brother, Greg, my eldest brother, Greg, and we were in the church building and this family drags her into the church. She is screaming, cussing, yelling, punching. I mean, her eyes are rolling. It was, I was about five years old, but I remember it like it was yesterday. And my dad walked up to her. He clapped both of his hands onto her head. He closed his eyes. 30 seconds later, he let go of her. She dropped to the ground and she never had a problem again. Wow. That's power then. That 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 speaks volumes what you just said right there. So that that to me speaks more than words does. That that's <laughs> that, well, that, and, and the thing, Craig, is my mm-hmm. dad refuses to talk about it. Right. He, my dad still him. to this day will not talk. He's never mentioned it to the church. Yeah. He's never brought it up. It, it's I saw it, so I know what I saw. Yeah. You know, I was five years old and it, it made an impression on me. And I was just sitting there watching this and my brother Greg was holding me. And, you know, and I was like, oh, my gosh. And and but but he has never brought he I, I can bring it up to my dad right now. And he'd be like, I, I'm not going to talk about that. He oh. always tells me I'm not going to talk about that. And it, look, guys, there's crazy crap out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just. You know, we all like to think that it's all just 55, click it and ticket, stay alive, and everything is just routine. Now, there's some crazy crap out there. Yep. And, you know, just 
keep that in mind. Now, I'm not saying that because I watched a lot of last night after I rewatched this for like the fourth time or whatever. I watched a lot of stuff on YouTube, the real story of the entity and all that other kind of stuff. And I get really irritated with like um, a lot of the paranormal stuff on TV because it's like, oh, we saw a light. Oh, we got cold, you know, and I'm like, okay. I mean, that's it's not that's not. That's not proof of anything. You, you, no. There's a draft and, you know, there's a bright light. I mean, like, okay. I mean, like, where, you know, where's the proof? But I'm not closed off to it. Now, because of my own theological beliefs, I don't believe in ghosts. Mm. Uh, and Dave Becker and I have talked about this because I believe this is just coming from where I'm coming from. I'm not judging anybody. I'm just saying you die, you go one place or the other. There's not an in-between. And, and but I do believe in demons and I do believe in spirits. And so, um, you know, this movie does creep me out. In fact, I was watching special features last night, at like 1130 midnight. And I'm like, OK, this is getting creepy. I'm going to turn on like Columbo on Peacock. Something else, because this is this is creeping me out. But Jackson, you're also a preacher's kid. You chime in. Do you know that that's exactly what I do when I get scared? I watch Columbo or Monk or something like that. Like <laughs> that's and we don't. You've never told me about that. That's just genetic, I think. That that, I think that just so. clearly. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's okay. So I don't know where I stand on the legitimacy of this as, a, as an actual case. I mean, obviously, there's alleged photographs of the uh, yeah, electrical. I've seen them. I watched them last night. Yeah, yeah I, I, the, the Polaroids. Yeah, yeah. I haven't them. seen them. I haven't looked at them. Uh, you know, I, I think that that is not compelling on its own. I think that there's, you know, you can take a photograph of anything. Um, you know what I mean? It's like it's maybe not as easy to doctor uh, back then, but I, I feel like that that on its own is not that compelling. Um, of course, there there are very compelling stories from a lot of people. I mean, there is there are people I know that I uh, that I like trust and that I don't think would have any reason to lie about it who do have supernatural stories. Um, but uh, I I haven't been lucky enough and or maybe I, unlucky I, enough I to have that experience myself. And I myself. don't doubt that. My only my belief is, and I may be alone on this podcast in this. I believe in spirits i believe in the demonic i believe in that i just don't believe in ghosts so i believe in fact sure. the apostle paul writes that corinthians that you know that this happens and so that's where i'm coming from i i i don't doubt people when they say oh something really weird happened to me i'm like okay but i i don't think it's a ghost i think it's it could be demonic or spiritual or or whatever but i, I just don't go there but yeah i but at the same time, I don't doubt now I get irritated with like, I remember watching, was it, ah, I forget the show, Ghost, whatever it was. And they were like, Ghost we Adventures have, with Zach Baggins. It could have been. <laughs> it was like, we have irrefutable, you know, we have irrefutable proof. And it was like a hanger being thrown. I'm like, yeah, that's your irrefutable proof. Is that like somebody threw a hanger? <laughs> come on dude you gotta do better than that but i but i still no i believe in that i don't doubt this woman's story and i think imdb got it right if it happened i do think it was demonic i i, I don't doubt that i i think there is more than we can see out there and i'll leave it at that but jackson go ahead 
Uh, yeah, I just want to say, like, like functionally, what's the difference, right? If it's a if it's the poltergeist, if it's a demon, functionally, what's the difference? Any, you know what I mean? So, well, it's just uh, where where do you identify it as is where I'm coming right. from. But no, when, when, the terror is the terror. You're right. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I haven't looked into it like you guys have into the true story. Um, but, uh, definitely I know that, I mean, something happened, obviously something happened, whether it be supernatural or I'm not saying she made, there's no possible way. I think that this lady made it up. Something is happening, whether that's psychological or physical or supernatural, something happened, um, because you don't just abandon your life. You know what I mean? You've got this normal life. Nobody no, would abandon it for and no reason. It was like the Amityville horror. One of, I don't know how Greg and Ryan, you'll feel about this, but my, I know probably my, you know what's coming. My <laughs> most unpopular horror opinion is I can't stand the original Amityville horror. I hate it. I don't think it's a good movie. I don't, I know. I'm sorry. I don't like it. I don't think it's anything special. Hey, hey. I, Ryan, you and I, buddy, I, <laughs> yeah. I think James Brolin is, I think Marco Kidder and Rod Steiger give good performances. Other than that, yeah. I think it's, I don't think it's anything special. But the weird thing was, if you go watch my Amityville Horror, the documentary, mm -hmm. the kid who survived that, he says, you know, that the movie and the book, and I'm much more a fan of a book, the book, um, say the movie and the book didn't list half of what was going on. And one of the things that the kid said is going on is the dad, George, was playing with Ouija boards and doing seances and all this other kind of stuff. And when he stopped, it stopped. Hmm. Hmm. And right. so if you go watch my Amityville horror, that's that's what the kid says. It's like George was messing around with all this occult stuff. My mother was against it. Why he was doing that, all this weird stuff happened when he quit. All of it quit because people who have lived in the Amityville horror house have said since then. Nope, nothing wrong. Everything's fine. True. I know uh, Shannon Barnes. Love Shannon over. Uh, yep. Shannon has drove by that house many a time, <laughs> and uh, yep, I've been by it. Yep, yeah, I've been to it. Yep. Anything jump out at her? <laughs> well, now, now, now something still has to be going on in that house. There's been like 15 movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got even got movies about a clock Money. coming from the house. But, <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's. But anyway, that's where I'm coming from. But I don't want to doubt this woman's story. You know, it is absolutely horrific. But at the end of the day, I just don't think it was. I think what Sidney Fury did, and we'll talk about him in a second, I don't think he was as exploitive as a lot of horror directors were. And it sounds like, Ryan, you agree with me. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, now, with her, you know, is this true or not? Right. That's not for, not for me to say, because whenever I hear somebody say, well, I saw something or heard something, hey, I... I have no reason not to believe you. Um, you know, when it comes to the paranormal ghost stuff like that, the way I look at it is the way I look at most things in life. Until I see it, I don't believe it, but I don't dismiss it. Mm -hmm. You know, I right. mean, just because I haven't seen a, a Bigfoot doesn't mean there isn't such thing. You know, I don't necessarily believe it, but I'm not going to say that it's not. You know, possible. And, so. and we do live, uh, Ryan and, and Jackson seeing this documentary because I bought it for him. Um, we do live in the town where uh, a Bigfoot documentary was shot. The best one. The, yeah. the, the, the best Bigfoot documentary that uh, ever been made. Yeah. 
And I still think it's hysterical that they bring in, quote unquote, the expert in their, their Oh, car. You could tell that um, guy was so annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> so annoyed once he got here. <laughs> it's hysterical. But all right. So what I really liked about the screenplay, one of the things I liked, and we've talked about this a little bit, it doesn't mind making characters like Ron Silver's Dr. Snyderman becoming unlikable at mm -hmm. parts. I think that screenplay has guts, especially, you know, for where it's coming from. And then the ending. I mean, you know, Ryan, Greg, you guys have brought up Poltergeist, Jackson, you have too. But what's the ending? The ending says all the assaults continued. Mm -hmm. You yeah, know, they decreased in intensity, but they yeah. continued. And it's like, oh, this is not a happy ending movie. No. <laughs> right? I mean, Greg? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Like it, it says and it's stated, and this is true events that Doris uh, literally moved to Texas uh, from California because it was in Culver, California. Uh, and they continued. I guess they still continue today, but not to the intensity of what we would think. I don't know. I would love to sit down and talk with her myself. Yeah. But um, I did from, yeah. <laughs> it, this it, is not, not a, it's not it a happy ending. Oh, no, you don't wrap it up in a beautiful rainbow and, and sing off into the somewhere. Yeah, it's not, <laughs> it's not taking the TV out of the hotel, right? Oh, this is like cradle of filth burning your face off at the end. You're like, yeah. oh, it's not good. What? <laughs> so, Ryan, you just watched this. What did you think when you saw that with a crawl? Um, I've. I was shocked that I thought this was going to be like a revenge movie. You know, like she was going to, they're going to finally do away with, with whatever it is that's attacking her. She's going to go on, live a happy life with her kids. And it's like, Oh, wait a minute. It's still <laughs> happening to her. We just don't know. Is it full blown sexual assault? Or is it just a grope when she's in the kitchen? Whatever it is, it's not, it's not good. She hasn't <laughs> yeah, gotten away from it. No. So it's not, I was good. very surprised by that, by, it's saying that it continued on, just not as harsh. Uh, Jackson, what about you, buddy? Uh, yeah, I thought it is kind of a, a weird ending, but like I said, if you're trying to tell a, a true story, you can't really have it wrap up in a in a satisfying or or expected way. Wait a minute. Um, so you're telling me that when the house explodes <laughs> in Poltergeist, that's not you know that's that, that's not real. That's not a good good. It ending. very well, it very well <laughs> might be. That's a very realistic. You know that might yes. happen all the time. But uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's just it. It was. It is kind of an odd ending. But I think it's it's probably the better ending than what could have been. Which is they freeze it in that uh, iceberg, and then they look, and there's a human shape frozen, and they shatter yeah. it, and that would have been the ending. And she like would have said something like. She would have she would have said something like a like a hasta la vista baby and then shattered the <laughs> the ghost. Yeah, that would have been a little that would have been something else. But uh, I also think it's a little like and Barbara Hershey agrees with me in the interview. She's like, I think the voice is a bit much when she comes home and the voice is like, welcome home. You know, that's a little uh, and calls her yeah. a name too. I think yeah. that's a, that's a little much. She she says that that was probably studio meddling. They thought that it needed an extra sting at the end, mm -hmm. like a Carrie type thing. Um, which I can see, but uh, but yeah, she says she's actually embarrassed by that part. Like when she was watching the movie and she heard the ghost talk to her, she was like, Ugh. Um, because that obviously wasn't there on set. But um, yeah, I still think it's a it's a it's a 
you know, relatively solid ending. Um, and it's definitely not a happy ending because not only do they not uh, kill the ghost, um, they've got the the psychologist there, and he doesn't corroborate. You know, their evidence. He doesn't. He doesn't act as a witness. Uh, right, Doctor Coe's so, like, I don't know what I saw. Yeah. yeah, they've got nothing, basically. They've wasted a bunch of money and sanity on this thing, and nothing's yeah. happened. So, And you got um, that Dr. Cooley just looking at him like, really? <laughs> You're not? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, she doesn't just look at him. She yeah. she, she calls she him names, She calls him too, an SOB. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so that's, you know, it is, it, I think it, it, it goes a little far with the exploding iceberg, and the but I love the red lights. I love the way that damning looks. Um, you know, I said that the entity sounds a lot like an Italian horror movie, and I feel like that ending is a very Italian horror movie. Um, but uh, yeah, I, it's just it, it's it's an it is definitely really jarring to end on that title scroll um, uh, and and hear about these things. But again, you're you're trying to pass it off as real, so I don't know what else you do. It it is and it is reminiscent of The Exorcist, right? I mean, it's like mm-hmm. Reagan goes off. Uh, and it's like, oh, it's a happy ending. But uh, now we, with the you know hindsight, know Exorcist Two was coming, which that might be a, a you know a bad <laughs> thing for the characters or a bad uh, thing for reality, depending on how you look at it. Both. But uh, uh, it was it's probably, not really over for Reagan, is my point. Yeah. So the director was City J Fury, still with us at nearly ninety years of age. Um, he directed wow. this, and he also. And this is for our buddy Joel Robertson, your co-host over, Greg over at Jay of the Dead's New Horror Movies. Um, Iron Eagle. Mm-hmm. I know how much he loves that movie. Uh, and this is for Dave, Dr. Shock Becker, Lady Sings the Blues with Diana Ross. But he also directed Superman 4. <laughs> 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 and Ladybugs with Rodney Dangerfield. I love that movie. <laughs> Uh, do you really? I do. It's so good, man. It's it's like one of the worst movies ever made. But it's Rodney Dangerfield, and it's, oh, it is. Uh, it's good. It's good. It is Rodney. But <laughs> the biggest thing was he denied that this is a horror movie. See, I don't. What does he think Fred, it is? Did you get that at all? No, this is straight horror for me. Like it's horrifying to me. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know, man. I mean, maybe he's looking at it from Jackson. You said it at the very beginning, like a drama. Uh, How is this a like straight drama? How is this it's like not. out of Africa? This is not <laughs> out of Africa. This is not the color purple. I mean, come on, dude. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I don't know where he comes from and on that end. Uh, maybe because he did Superman for that. You know, maybe this <laughs> figures, you know. Maybe he thought that was horror. <laughs> it is, <laughs> and it is, yeah. But Ryan, is there any reason not to call this a horror film? Oh, of course not. I mean, uh, Poltergeist is a horror film, and that was PG thirteen. This is R. This is yeah. clearly dealing with the, you know, with a paranormal thing, which is obviously horror. That's not a rom com. That's not a drama. That's not a thriller. No. That's pure horror when you're dealing with the unknown and. You got rape involved, which is yeah. horror. You know, yeah. I don't, there's nothing else to even, I mean, maybe you could list this as a horror thriller because you're, but that even that's a stretch uh, to me. I think that's a stretch. I yeah. agree. Jackson, what about you? This is a horror movie, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I, but I'm, a, I'm of two minds about it because like in the one, on the one hand, uh, 
first of all, I think that, you know, Fury feels like he needs to uh, not call it a horror movie to make it seem more important. You know what I mean? Because, like, I, I hear this movie was panned uh, by a lot of people, including yeah, some people time. who worked on the movie. At um, the time, but it has grown, yeah. Right, right. It's, it's kind of a cult classic, but, uh, you know, to make it seem more important and less like a genre movie, which is looked down upon in the 20th century, uh, you know, it's just it maybe seen as a drama. And that's how Barbara Hershey ap- approached it, too. When she got the script, she saw it more as like a character study, which is what she said. She acknowledges that the horror movie now, but um, she saw it more as, as like a character study. Um, so, yeah, I'm of two minds about that. It's really interesting, though, like if we play the devil's advocate and the devil in this situation being this, the board of psychologists and think about this, the, uh, her experiences as like this this psychological thing. Uh, or it's like her past traumas manifesting themselves in these violent psychological attacks. Even that is horrifying, maybe even more horrifying than the idea of a ghost haunting her because that's that's like horror that we don't even see. Like that's that's crazy. Um, so that's even more horrifying, I think, than a ghost. But yeah, it being a ghost and it pro- probably like from the perspective of the it's movie, it's demon. pretty firmly a ghost it's or a demon. It's not a ghost. Yeah. It's a demon. Um, it's but uh, it's pretty firmly real in the movie. Like we have other witnesses to it. That's the movie's opinion. Um, but even in real life, like if we were to play the devil's advocate and say that it's a psychological thing, that's horrifying in itself. It's like Shutter right. Island type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, I think it's a horror movie either way, but I think it's, you know, I, I can see that if you don't like horror movies, you would see that as an insult to this movie because it's so psychologically profound uh, that you would want to call it a drama. But I think it can be both. Why not? It's a horror drama. Um, so, yeah, that's 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 kind of where I lie. Yeah, on. that's the, the false dichotomy. It's either or and it's no, mm-hmm. no, it can it's be a spectrum. Both. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 I agree. So we're all on board. This is a horror movie. And I'm sorry, Joel. I know Joe Robinson. We're listening to this. This is Sidney Fury's best work, better than Irony. <laughs> so um, oh. the, the cast is, uh, I think the cast is amazing. I mean, I agree. You know, yeah, Ryan, you brought up, you know, the son, but also Barbara Hershey, who is 74 years young, and Greg. She's never won an Oscar. Never. That is horrific, in my opinion. Horrific tragedy and travesty at the same time, dude. I agree. She's not just beautiful. She is so talented. She is so talented. And very active on Twitter. (laughs) Is she really? I didn't know that. Yeah, she she tweets and retweets a lot. Uh, uh, Yeah, she's no reason she should have never gotten an Oscar nod somewhere down the line. Uh, but this one specifically should have gotten her a nod. I agree. And in films like The Natural, Hannah and Her Sisters, Ten Men, etc., she is just absolutely incredible. I love Barbara Hershey. Ryan, your opinion on Barbara, on Barbara Hershey? Oh, she's fantastic. She, uh, The cast is great, but she carries this movie. If, if yeah. she wasn't as skilled as a physical actor... Too. I mean, she she yeah. is clearly throwing herself around and taking a beating, you know, in this role. Yeah. And, it's, and it's clearly her. It's not, you know, the, you can't do a stunt double in the roles that she, that she was doing. Um, she she was great, and um, 
to stand out in this cast, which granted the cast does not have a lot of future studs. I mean, you know, Other Billy the Sun. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, you know, Billy the Sun, I knew immediately from Seinfeld. So, oh, you know, that's right. I yeah, he about played, that. yeah. He played the waiter that George, George Costanza got fired. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yep. But, uh, there's not a lot of star power in this per se, but everybody was great. And she was clearly head and shoulders above them. Oh, she's incredible. Jackson, what do you think of Barbara Hershey? Well, I think she's fantastic in this movie. Um, I think that she's uh, she's a real trooper, honestly. Um, but uh, it's interesting to hear her give so much credit to people other than herself for how good her performance is. Um, in her interview, she said that something that was really important to her was the fact that the director shot this movie in sequence. It was shot. It wasn't oh, wow. most movies. If you don't know, most movies are shot out of sequence, depending on like what actors you have that day, what sets you have that day, like what what effects are ready. You shoot when you can, what you can. But for this movie, uh, it was important to everybody that they shoot in sequence so that they can track. Um, uh, Carla's mental state as they go through the movie and how she relates to everybody else. And so because there's the character dynamics are so complex in this movie that they were afraid mm -hmm. that they would lose track of it. So being able to shoot it in sequence and like having these little improvisations and being able to build on that as you move along was so helpful for her. She says that that is what really like sold her performance and uh, the director. She said that she was doing the scene where she's talking to the ghost in that that uh, that that uh, model home. Um, and she's talking to the ghost and it's that whole monologue like you can torture me, kill me, but you can't take me anymore. It's like you won't have that. That's mine. Mm -hmm. um, and she originally performed that really Shakespearean, very theatrical, like she was screaming and, you know, very physical with it. Uh, and Sydney said, well, that was terrible. Let's do another take. And uh, she thought that was that was. Was really traumatizing at the time, but but it, it she thinks that it would better her performance a lot because she's so reserved in that scene. But she's just she's talking through her teeth. You can really tell how like biting that is, and it's so powerful. If she had just been screaming and you know acting like she does in that scene where she tears up her room, if she had just been doing that, I don't think it would have been as impactful as you can just see the pain in her eyes, but the defiance too. It's it's just a great scene. Um, and that that is also thanks to the screenplay. So it all comes together. But yeah, Barbara Hershey is incredible in this movie. Ron Silver is incredible, and in everybody's incredible. Yeah. Um, but I think it's honestly she does carry it. I think I think Ryan's right about that. She really does carry it. This is her movie um, because for a lot of it, she's acting by herself. Like when when she's with the ghost. You know, it's it's like that classic thing nowadays. We have these actors acting against a green screen, and they find it so challenging. But she was doing it in 1982, right? She was yeah. acting against yeah. nothing. Yeah. Um. So really, really awesome performance from her. And I, I just want to say really quick, I found it funny that on the Blu-ray for the Entity, it says uh, Barbara Hershey, and then and for her credits, it says Insidious and Black Swan. Like, like those are her most known roles. It's like she's been working for a while <laughs> before Hannah, that. Yeah. Sisters yeah. or yeah. Nope. Right but I guess it's a, it's a Scream Factory Blu-ray, so they're going to put the the horror stuff on there, right. uh, which makes sense. But that is that is pretty funny. It's like, well, she must have started acting in 2009. Yeah. Good for her. <laughs> uh, Let me but, ask. Uh, you, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jackson. Go ahead. No, 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 I'm done. I just wanted to say, like, she she is fantastic, and now I want to seek out her filmography to see what other stuff yeah. she's in. Yeah, 
watch her in the right stuff, Hannah and her sisters, all that kind of stuff. She's great. But did you find, and we'll go, Greg, you've been championing this movie so long. Did you, do you find this movie scary? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I, I even, even today in the standards of where we're at today in society with what we're, you know, having digested through our system, uh, movie wise, this one still holds up that value. I feel like, uh, anyone who watches this film that goes in and watches this film could truly be scared. I mean, I, I truly believe that. Uh, so yeah, totally. Absolutely. Ryan, what about you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. After watching this, I'm definitely going to pick this up. And this is a perfect October late night thunderstorm watching film because it will creep you out. Uh, Now, even though there's no kills, right? No, no. Even though there's parts that are I find a little slow and the ending's a little wonky, in in my opinion. But it's still this is easily a yearly October watch. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. Jackson, what about you? I'm yeah, I think it's scary and it's but it's a weird one for me. Um, and I wish I had more time to digest it because I just watched it uh, like last night and into today. Uh, but, I, you know, the things that are scary to me with this movie are the, the things, you know, thinking about it psychologically and the implications of it and what she must have been feeling. The actual horror scenes, like not the the assault scenes, like those are scary, but like the scene where she's like got the parapsychologist with her and they're filming like the lights and everything mm-hmm. or the scene even in the model at the end with the, the nitrogen gun or whatever that is. Um, it's those parts aren't really scary to me. It's, it's more thinking about it and thinking about this entity um, and the implications of it and what it, it what what its motivations might be. That's a scary thing to me more so than when the ghost is actually acting. Um, so I don't know. It's a weird one for me. I feel the same way with poltergeist, like thinking about poltergeist, thinking about, uh, all these, like the, the graves of these people underneath the houses and all these vengeful yeah. spirits. Thinking about that is a lot scarier than seeing toys float around a room. Right. Um, that's yep. just cool. Um, so I, I kind of feel the same way with this, like the special effects, like with the, the lightning and everything, while that's cool, it's not scary to me. Uh, what is scary is thinking about how Carla must be feeling in those moments and, and the terror, not being able to sleep. It's just like, it, it is just, just to really empathize with her through this thing that you can't even imagine, like, but you can feel you, you're right there along, along with her. And that's the scary part. Yep. So before we wrap up, Jackson, the score, you're a musician, Greg's a musician. What did you think of the score? Because some people have said, oh, my gosh, it's the most disturbing score I've ever heard. And others have said it's overbearing. What do you think? Well, it's 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 interesting for me because, uh, you know, I love the the main theme. That's fantastic. Like what plays during the end credits and on the, you know, like the menu of the movie is so great. I love that theme. There are some points where I think it is a little overbearing, like those big synth hits, like, like you know, like that kind of sound to it. I think that's a little overbearing, um, but I, I still think it's a really good score overall. And, it, and you know, it, what do you expect? We've, it's very ahead of its time, but it's still a movie from 1982, right? Like you've got to expect that big, you know, bombastic score. Um, because you're not going to get something like a, like a real subtle score um, like we would have nowadays. It's, it's not really – well, I say that, but then again, 
I watched Dune, so and that was you know the same kind of whoa, just like blowing out your eardrums. Yeah. Um, so, so maybe we haven't changed that much, but uh, I think the score is good overall. I think that other than the theme, it's mostly unmemorable, but that theme is just fantastic. Could listen Greg, to that what do you day. think, buddy? Oh, phenomenal! I own it on vinyl, and and it it creeps me, man. It's like listening to it, and I don't mind. I think it just gives you that unbearing of of dread and every time you heard it you knew something was coming and it's that overbearing because i felt like he was trying to drive it home to you that that there was something sinister happening that that this is an uncomfortable feeling and i'm gonna make it uncomfortable in your ear holes too like i want you to feel uncomfortable and i think he nailed that and i mean this is the same guy that gave us nightmare on elm street soundtrack cujo you know he done many movies so this this is a very talented guy, and I love the score. Like seriously, if you can pick up the vinyl, Pearl got me a import out of uh, I think Japan or something. It's phenomenal. Like it's a great soundtrack to listen to, man. It's very eerie. I agree with Jackson. That opening credits and the end credit, that whole theme music is melodic. It's beautiful. It's it's great like phenomenal no this is one of my all-time favorite soundtracks of any genre i agree ryan what about you buddy yeah i was actually pretty surprised by how much i liked it um especially like greg was talking about the music that hits when you know something's getting ready to to, to go down i thought was was perfect and um yeah i did not go into this even thinking there'd be much of a score to it um but i I was blown away with how much it kind of added to the dread of this film. Yeah, we recently did this um, for a movie watch on Facebook, and uh, Brian Scott, horror fan Brian, we love Brian. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Brian, it was a first-time watch for him and a few of the other people that were watching, Jermaine and a few others from our group page. And it was funny because Brian was just going on and on about how wonderful this movie was for the first time and the music and and just all about it, it spoke volumes so to hear now that that ryan yourself and jackson first time watchers as well it it, it almost makes me a little giddy inside <laughs> it all just like yes finally some people are watching this movie yes uh oh man i'm just i'm so thankful that that people are watching this movie for the first time i'm just like it needs to be spoken about a lot like this i one. wish i would have i wish i would have watched this back in the 80s when i was a kid i remember seeing it on the on the shelves but the like i told matt the box for it was not the not artwork wasn't attractive no it's not and a you know it, it, when you're 10 years old and you see texas chainsaw massacre 2 that box work and this you're gonna get you know a texas chainsaw massacre 2 for the 50th time but um, if I would have watched this back in the 80s, this would have been one of those yearly films for me where I probably would have liked it even more now. Yeah, the marketing of the, the artwork was horrible. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. I don't know who come up with it, but you should be fired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with you guys. I, I love this movie. I think it is a hidden gem from the 80s. Um. So is there anything else you guys have that we want to talk about before we move on to our ratings and recommendations, gents? So, Jackson, you first, because I know you take a lot of notes. 
I sure do. Yeah, I have a yes. lot of notes on this. I don't want to go right. go through everything because uh, we'll be here all day. But I I just want to say first of all, great like Dutch angles in this movie. Really great use of Dutch angles, like the correct use of Dutch angles. Um, which all right, is, explain and if you don't know to people what, what's a Dutch angle. Yeah, so it's like when you're when the camera is tilted to the side, like that you can tell the tripod one of the tripod legs was like shorter than the other, then it's kind of tilted. That's usually used to communicate uneasiness. And so many movies nowadays use it just whenever, you know, whenever to make a shot maybe look a little different. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Dutch angles are used so perfectly in this movie to have this feeling of unease because even the sympathetic characters want something from Carla, right? The, the parapsychologists, they want evidence of ghosts, and that comes first before her safety. So, like, the scene where she's in the hospital, she was just assaulted, and Jerry saw it. Um, there, she's in the psych in the ho the hospital, and the psychologists are up there, like standing above her, and they're like, "We, we need you to go in for one more test." That shot is a Dutch angle, not because it's like these guys are evil, but she's just like, "Oh, you know, back into this again," type thing. Mm -hmm. They used it perfectly. I, a good example of what, when it's not used well is like um, Battlefield Earth, that John Travolta movie <laughs> based on the L. Ron Hubbard book. Every shot is a Dutch angle, just because they wanted it to look weird i guess or or thor the first thor movie which is directed by kenneth branagh which i think is honestly not it's not a, it's a pretty good movie um i remember being impressed by it when i watched it the first time but that entire movie is shot with dutch angles and i'm like what are you doing kenneth you know how to shoot a movie why are you doing this i guess he was trying to make it look more comic booky but um, i don't interrupt you but i didn't want to, you said that about the dutch angle there's two scenes in particular in the movie that really yeah. expressed it well. And there was a scene when she first got attacked and she came back from the psychiatrist and she's walking to the house and the house is angled. And mm -hmm. you see her walking up to the doorway and that whole house is, is in an angle. I love that shot. Yeah. I thought it was perfect. I'm like, that is that dread moment of her going into a, a seemingly innocent home, but it clearly isn't. We already see... Uh, angle that's showing us something different and they did it twice and i love that so um, i'm glad you brought that up jason Go ahead. yeah yeah and it's it's i mean that's so great i you feel the dread she feels about going back to that house she tries anything she tries to go to jerry's house you know that f after that first night she's in the car and she's like waiting at the beach she's like i don't want to go i don't want to go back um, and that's so great because you really feel dread whenever she goes back to that that place. Like you're so relieved when Snyderman, you know, comes inside to check out the place. You're like, oh, thank God. Um, but then when he leaves, she's like, you know, there's something still here. So great use of Dutch angle in that in that part. Another really cool technique they use are these split diopter shots, which are if you don't know, like nowadays we can do a lot easier. We can do um, focus a lot easier with like digital focus and. But back in the day, you'd have to manually focus uh, the camera. And if you want two people in focus at the same time at different, uh, you know, distances from the camera, uh, you would put like a lens over the lens, basically over half the lens and basically film them at two different focuses. So there are lots of cool instances of that in this movie where there are two people sitting next to each other, but maybe one is behind the other or in front of the other. And uh, they're both in focus at the same time. And you can tell the split diopter shot because there's like this weird little blur down the middle. And I think that gives the movie such a cool quality. There's so many good ones in this in this movie. Like every yeah. time I saw one, I cheered because it looks so cool. And, and just knowing the effort that went into that to getting both of those planes in focus at the same time, 
so cool and it really shows you it communicates something visually that both these people are listening in you know what i mean it's like they're both an active part of the scene you don't need to rack focus between them they're both on at that time so that's that's really really cool um and i think the last thing i'll say uh before i I give it up to you guys is i think we could all use a cindy in our lives like cindy is such a good friend i love her you know yeah she was great i'm I'm glad I have friends, you know, that I think are on Cindy level because, like, everybody needs a Cindy. Mm-hmm. Yes. This thing where she came over after George. Yeah. George. Where yeah. Everybody would smack George. Like, shut up, George. But the whole scene, you know, she left or whatever. And she comes, brings her bag, says, where am I sleeping? What part of the <laughs> I mean, that was so awesome. Like, here's this woman. Like, she don't care. She's there for, for her friend. And I love that, man. George and, and can help <laughs> and, her, and her apologizing for not believing her at first, yeah, yeah. you could you could tell that she felt that, you know, that she she meant that she was very sorry for, that she didn't buy in. Great arc. I love that. Yep. Uh, I'm just going to say right now, when we first see Billy, I thought that he was her boyfriend. Because Me too. So did I. <laughs> in real life. In real life, he's 13 years younger than Barbara Hershey, but he looks like he could have been in the same graduating class. Like they, they and their really interaction, yeah. e- even their interaction, yeah. I was kind of like, wait, is this her son? Because it was a yeah. little, which I did read, weird. I did read that there was a scene taken out of this movie that kind of um, made it seem like she was attracted to her son. And they took mm-hmm. it out because they thought, it's going to confuse. It doesn't really add to the story, like what they're trying to convey with her being sexually uh, uh, assaulted and all this. But yeah, there was a scene, I guess that was filmed that kind of made her, you questioned, well, does she have a thing for her son? And then the director's like, this isn't going to make sense. It doesn't get you from point A to point B. So they took it out. Right. Well, it's like it's like, you know, we that's what Dr. Snyderman suggests is that maybe it's a Freudian thing where, mm-hmm. you know, she she's seeing Billy and her daughters, you know, as these sexual objects. But she totally dismisses that. And I think if we had included that in the movie, it would have made us think maybe she is crazy. But that's not yep. the perspective of this movie. The perspective right. of this movie is that the thing is really happening to her. So I, I think that was important. Uh, but but yeah, that I heard that, too, from from uh, Labiosa, the, the actor that played Billy, that that was originally in there and he's also thankful it was cut because yeah. not only would he be in the supernatural rape movie it would also be a supernatural rape and incest movie so he's kind of glad that they they took out those those references but man yeah he he's got very very like heavy set features he's he's very adult looking can you hear me now um yes 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 uh, so glad you're back i was, I was nervous what are we going to rate this gentlemen um well i'll start with myself <laughs> i'll go first I'm going to give this a 9 out of 10, and I'm going to say I own it, and I think you should buy it. 9 out of 10. Wow. Greg, what do you say? <laughs> No-brainer. Anybody that's listened to me anytime knows this is a 10. Uh, definite own purchase. I have not picked up the Screen Factory, which, yeah, shame on me. I will pick this one up, and because, uh, Jackson, you have really got me eager to see these bonus features. Uh, yeah, definitely purchase, man. All right. Jackson, what do you say? I'm... I'm going to come in a little bit lower. I'm between a 7.5 and an 8. Um, oh! Just because, just because it's my first time watching it, you know, it's, it hasn't set in with me yet. I don't want to come in hot with like a 9 out of 10 and people, and, and later on be like, well, I've got these problems with it. And people are like, well, didn't you give it a 9 out of 10? 
Yeah, but it's been 12 hours uh, since I've seen it. Put it, it out there. <laughs> so I'm our well I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with seven point between seven point five and an eight out of ten. No, That's what I'm giving it first watch. No, um, <laughs> I enjoyed the movie overall, but again I I share the same problems Barbara Hershey does. I will say that me and Barbara Hershey think the same thing about the entity uh, that the the ending was studio meddled, definitely studio meddled to make it more climactic. Um, but it's a great movie overall and really profound script. Oh, I'm hurt. So, I don't know. Okay. I feel like Ryan. I feel like Ryan's on my side a little bit. So Maybe you're gonna go. Okay, you said seven point five to eight. Can I get yeah. you to eight? I don't. I don't know if you can negotiate that. Come on. <laughs> eight. <laughs> eight. Eight. Out of my loins, please. Yes. Eight. <laughs> eight. Say eight. We'll see. How about I rewatch it and I'll edit oh, in my new phone. Oh. oh. What kind of a critic would I be if I bend under peer pressure like that? (laughs) (laughs) A good one. (laughs) A good one. Yes. Yes, Greg, a good one. (laughs) Ryan, what do you say, buddy? Well, it's funny because we've talked about this movie being like a case study on people. And so is this podcast because the two people that have watched this before love it. And yep. clearly ranked it that way. And the two people that watch it for the first time kind of feel the same way. I, I, I came in at an eight. I was at a 7.5 to an I'll eight. I'll take an eight. And uh, just because that, like Jackson said, that ending, I don't know what you can do differently. I mean, to be honest with you, yeah. with that ending, but it's, it's Are you odd. glad that it wasn't like they didn't try to wrap it up in a bow? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I definitely prefer them saying that it continue on and all that stuff. But the ending was a little Halloween three, you know, satanic rock. Yes. Kind of odd out of nowhere thing. But, um, Barbara Hershey herself is worth five points, you know, in this. And then, then with the score, the other actors that were great, which by the way, Alex, uh, Raka, who was her boyfriend. Yes. I love that guy. He's a scumbag yep. in everything he's in. And yep. He's a great scumbag. And he was and uh, about in him, the one. Yeah, and him uh, about him in this film is it shows that she still was making terrible uh, decisions. Yeah. Because he was just another scumbag dude who was older, was going to quote unquote marry her and be uh, he was going to be there for her, uh, no matter what. As soon as shit hits the fan, he's gone. And it's just like, it just shows that this woman cannot get out of her own way through this whole thing. And, um, but yeah, I give it an eight out of 10. And that, you know, and I'll definitely buy rent. Um, personally, I think it's a buy just because I think it is creepy enough to, like I said, on those stormy nights, throw this on and it's a good watch. You will not, not be disappointed. And Jackson, did you say buy or rent? I don't. I don't remember that. I'm sorry. Definitely a buy. Like this Scream okay. Factory edition is awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, folks, thanks so much for listening. We want to thank our supporters at Patreon. All proceeds go to help Jackson get through film school and become a horror filmmaker. You can join for as little as two dollars and fifty cents a month, and you can suggest titles to review. You can be on the podcast. You can get bonus episodes. Ryan, yeah. thanks for being on, buddy. Where can people find you online? 
Uh, thanks for having me. First of all, it's been great Absolutely. to talk with with you and Jackson, and of course, Greg. You know, I've yeah. been listening to Greg since 2015. Yeah, when I first first found his podcast. Oh, Got to so. be on again, buddy. Yeah, yep, uh, definitely. And um, uh, usually, I, I'm on Twitter at uh, Horfan Ryan on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. I've been trying to get a little more active, you know, in the groups at Ryan Bratton, but uh, you can usually find me more on Twitter. I gotcha. Greg, of course, people can find you on Land of the Creeps, but you're all over the place. Tell them where you're at because you're yeah, yeah. anywhere you want to find me. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those. You can look up Greg Mortis and find me. Uh, Letterboxd and uh, YouTube as well, my YouTube channel. I've been trying yep. to get a little more active over there, so uh, you can definitely check us out there. I do want to say, a uh, just had this pop up on the news, that Star Trek star Nichelle Nichols has died at 89, oh. and Bill oh. Russell has died at 88. Ooh. Oh, man. So there's your two legends. Rest in peace. Yeah. yeah so, uh. Uh, rest in peace, guys, there. And, uh, no, you can follow me any of these locations man just find me up i'm pretty easily accessible uh and on jay of the dead's new horror movies new horror movie podcast Horse land of the creeps on facebook twitter letterbox ryan have you are you part of the group i'm thinking you are right yes yeah okay yep. thank you yeah, I'm, I'm part <laughs> of the group on facebook the uh, only time i usually get on facebook is to either check out your guys's page or or the father and son page okay. I don't do much else on Facebook. I knew you was, and I was thinking, let me make sure, because if not, I'm making sure you get over there. Yeah, because uh, I've messaged with Bill some on of Facebook. Of course you have. <laughs> and I've, uh, yeah, I joined That's his, what Bill does. <laughs> I joined his, his fantasy f- football league. Nice. Good oh, luck. I get ready to do that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Good luck, guys. We, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. I don't um, Sorry. <laughs> no, no. Jackson, about you, buddy. Well, uh, for me, you can find me everywhere. They talked about like all the Twitters and the Facebooks. I'm not going to join Bill's fantasy football thing because I know nothing uh, about football. <laughs> I would lose everything. Please immediately. join. No, Please join. A baseball fan. So do you, do you, do you want, do you need somebody to join who will rep the Browns just for the fun of it? Uh, <laughs> just to be clear, I'm not a Browns fan, not but do that uh, if you're my son <laughs> and, and besides that, you're only a baseball fan. So no, yep. Yeah, well, it might be funny. I don't know. Uh, watch the Browns no. win fantasy football. Uh, yeah, <laughs> which will never yeah. happen. Never. Go ahead. Never. No. We'll see. Uh, but uh, you can find me on Twitter at can underscore here twelve. You can find my spell against me. Be a Browns fan. Yes. That's like... Yes, that's my. That's my. It's not a phase, Dad. Uh... Uh, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I was looking to buy you an electric guitar last night, and this is how you repay me. Okay. Well, yeah. just make sure it's orange, yeah. just like the Browns. No. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> and no. That will burn that. <laughs> yes, I will. He would just paint, he would just paint uh, some Bengal stripes on it. I go. will. There you go. There you go. Yes. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Dad, you can put whatever Bengals, you know, whatever you want on the guitar. Um, just, uh, just, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm fine with that. Jazz master, as long as you're a Bengals fan. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm a Bengals fan. Biggest Bengals fan. I know there all the players. Like, uh, <laughs> like John Johnson. Bon Jovi the player. Said, like me. That's okay. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> 
And we, by the way, we saw Bon Jovi's Duster in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which was awesome. We did. Yes, we did. Shorter than you would expect, but that's what you can say about most Everyone celebrities. Everyone in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was shorter than what you expected, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, you can find me there on Twitter. You can find me on Letterboxd, my YouTube. I'm not as active on YouTube as uh, as Greg is. But, uh, yeah, definitely check everybody out on here. Check out Ryan. Check out Greg. Um, and uh, this is a lot of fun. Yeah, it was this a blast. Was. And um, <laughs> I told Jackson we were in the Rock and Roll of Fame. Unfortunately, he'll never be a rock and roll superstar because every – you know, uh, uh, costume we saw, those guys were like 5'5 five, five to 5'6. Five, and Jackson is 6'2. So yep, he's yep. too tall. It's like the reverse of Disneyland. You actually. <laughs> right. I'll get cosmetic surgery. I'll file, hey. down, I'll file down my femurs like Cotton Hill from King of the Hill. Yeah. Hey, there, there, there has to be a first, Jackson, in, in everything. Yeah. So there, there you go. Has to be a yeah, first. you can't rock out yeah. unless you're the size of Dio. I'm so I'm going to make it happen. Dio. Yeah. And there's no one 6'2 in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But anyway, I can be found on Twitter and Letterboxd as Pastor Matt R. You can find more of our uh, shenanigans at fatherandsonwatchhorror.com. Thank you so much for listening. Jackson, say goodbye to good people. Goodbye and beware the haunted iceberg. <laughs> that one land. Which rapes you, you, uh, you know. Okay. Yeah, beware for real. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, beware for real. Holy crap. All right, so until next time, remember the family that watches Horde together slays together. Once again, I want to thank our patrons, Amy Swan, Ashley Pinkard, Billy D, Brian Scott, Chad Stice, Dan George, David Becker, Greg Bench, Greg Russell, Ian Urza, Ian West, Joel Robertson, Kevin Corpy, Nicholas Stumpf, Pearl Morgan, and Greg too, Ryan Bratton, Stefan Sitter, and Trey Whetstone. Thank you guys so much. You make this podcast possible. You can't expect Vince Neil to sing as high as what he did on some of those no he's not gonna do he's not gonna nail shout at the devil or look (laughs) there's no way at his age vince neil yes has never been great live uh but oh boy he's like like i can understand why people would talk about him now because like i saw that one video of him playing of him singing kickstart my heart and it was just like he didn't even know the words it was just like it was just like (laughs) and then he had to breathe he's the only guy in the group that never smoked and it's like why are you i, <laughs> I mean it's like but My... I, I, I i will say this um <laughs> yeah i mean jack sure yeah i saw that video i think bill van vagel posted yeah. it and it was like oh oh but Vince has never been that sharp on stage. I saw no. Motley Crue for the first time on the Girls, Girls, Girls tour in 87. Whitesnake was opening up for him in Huntington. And he like, we're so glad to be here. And he looks down like for an uncomfortable amount of time. He's looking down at the stage floor. He goes, Huntington, West Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> 
let's be but, honest. I mean, a lot of drugs, a lot of, yeah, lot of fucking yeah. sales are killed. Well, <laughs> let's face like it. Say, Greg, cocaine's you know, a hell of a drug. It is. A hell right. Of a and, and, and Motley Crue is a bar band. That's what yes. they are. That's what you should expect going in. Is they that, are. That's a bar band. My yeah. favorite band of all time will always be Kiss, but I'm telling you, Motley Crue is my second slash first mm -hmm. band. They're bar none. They are still my, my epic rock and, band. They live the role. Jackson, you and Greg are bass players. I was a bass player. Nikki <laughs> Six is still the coolest human being on the face. Yes, I want that Thunderbird, man. Somebody gift me that Thunderbird. Uh, I used to have one. Oh, jealous. <laughs> I, I, I had a Gibson Blackbird, and I sold it, and I'm so sad I did. Jackson, when you get rich and famous, send your old uh, godfather over there. <laughs> I'm, I'll tell you what, Greg, I'm going to start saving for you right now. I don't even oh. have to be rich and famous. All right, so when I hit 75, we're going to be good. We're going to be golden. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>